another episode of Holistic by Nature. I'm your host, Brittany Cannon, a plant-based registered dietitian and a holistic health coach. Today, we're back with the second episode in a mini-series called Plant-Powered Living for beginners wanting to go plant-based. I'll be answering common questions about plant-based eating, offering actionable steps to help you make progress at your own pace, and general guidance to help you navigate any challenges. No matter where you are on your plant-based journey, whether you're plant-curious, already adding in some plants to your plate, or fully plant-based and looking for inspiration, I hope you'll find lots of value from these episodes especially. I hope to help you better understand how to use the power of whole plant foods to fuel and nourish your body. If you want to achieve optimal nutrition and the energy to support an active lifestyle in a natural and sustainable way, then let me plant the seed with this episode. Keeping your kitchen stocked with everyday whole plant foods is one of the keys to success on this journey. When your pantry, fridge, and freezer are stocked with healthy staples, you can put together all kinds of delicious and nutritious meals that are quick and easy. We'll get into how to do this later on, but overall, this checks all the boxes for minimizing your stress, saving time, and supporting your health. So here are my top three reasons to keep a well-stocked pantry. One. When you keep your pantry stocked, you save time in the kitchen and avoid those extra trips to the grocery store. Two, when you keep your pantry stocked, it can help health-promoting habits stick with you since you're more likely to grab what you already have. Three, when you keep your pantry stocked, you're more likely to find tasty food to eat at home, which means eating out less. And eating out less means you're feeding your body more nutritious food saving money, and reducing your food-related carbon and waste footprint. So let's talk about what to stock in your kitchen. In the show notes section called Links Mentioned, you will find a PDF download with your go-to staples shopping list kind of a guide. It has a variety of health options to choose from, which is broken down into different categories, including fruits, vegetables, whole grains, beans, peas, and lentils, nuts and seeds, spices, seasonings, etc. Now, depending where you are in the world, you're probably going to have other options within each category that I didn't include and vice versa. So let's take beans, for example. You might be able to buy them packaged or in bulk, dried or cooked, and either canned or frozen. With so many options, how are you supposed to know which one is really best for your needs? Well, I'm glad you asked. (laughs) So, quick reminder. Please remember that eating more whole plant foods is good for you. Whether that means you're preparing them from scratch or buying them already made, as long as you're eating more plants, that's a win. That's progress. And that counts. I promise you, it really does add up. All these different elements that you're building upon are just further getting you to your goals, further getting you to the life you want to be living. Of course, knowing your lifestyle and what works best for you will be key here. So maybe you have a full-time job with kids and sports and you don't have a lot of time 
nor energy to cut up veggies at the end of a long day, let alone prepare something from scratch. (laughs) That's out the way, I'm sure. So in this case, choosing more ready-to-eat foods won't make the most sense for you. Maybe you're super busy during the week, but you have more time to make your own food on the weekends. In that case, choosing to spend an hour cooking your grains or beans on a Saturday or Sunday for the week ahead will make more sense for you. And I will have a separate episode on how to plan for all of that, so just stay tuned. (laughs) Maybe if you love cooking and have a goal of reducing your waste in this world, starting from scratch and purchasing in bulk will make more sense for you. Neither of these scenarios is right or wrong, but what might be wrong is you listening to somebody else's, you know, what works for them and trying to force it on your life when the two just aren't compatible. You need to do what works for you. Another key point to consider is cost. So one way to reduce packaging and save money is by purchasing ingredients that, you know, the ones that you use often, buy those in bulk. Not only can you buy as little or as much as you want, These ingredients are usually cheaper by the pound than their prepackaged equivalents. So do an experiment at your local grocery store and see for yourself. Another great option that is often overlooked is to check your store's weekly sales and specials. That's a perfect time to stock up on your favorites or try something new. I know for me, when I go to the market at a later time on the weekends, They usually have other things that they didn't have earlier in the day because it's what's left over from the market or whatever it is. You might even get more deals that way because they they want it to go to somebody who's going to use it instead of just rotting here and going to waste. So get to know your local grocery people or your farmer's market people. Not only is it great to build community, but also you might get a discount out of it. You never know. And don't go in with those intentions per se, but sometimes... You know, you don't know till you ask. (laughs) Remember, whatever works best with your schedule, time, and budget is going to always be what's best for striving for perfection. Now, I just want to go over briefly, in a nutshell, the things that are possible for you to eat on a plant-based diet or eating predominantly plant-based, whatever you call it, however you refer to it. Plant-based food can include everything from pancakes to pizza, smoothies to salads, chili to mac and cheese, burgers to burritos, BLT to barbecue, cupcakes to cheesecake. But overall, the main types of plant-based foods are fruits, vegetables, whole grains, beans, mushrooms, nuts, seeds, herbs, and spices. When you build your meals from these food groups, you get an unlimited variety of health-promoting, disease-fighting, great-tasting dishes that meet all of your nutritional needs. Today, this episode is mostly focusing on the pantry types of foods, the things that you would want to keep stocked, and the things that would help you to create more delicious meals more often. A few things to consider when it comes to buying pre-packaged products. When buying canned items, whenever possible, look for that BPA-free symbol or the words somewhere on the can, because this will help you avoid BPA chemicals from leaching into your food, because yes, that does happen. When you're buying whole grains, try to choose organic whenever possible. 
Conventionally grown grains are often sprayed with glyphosate, which is a pesticide that is detrimental to our health, but organic is not sprayed with that. Whenever you're buying ready-to-eat meals, be sure to read the ingredient labels to ensure there's no funky stuff that you might be trying to avoid. The label should include whole plant-based foods that you recognize. You know, think about it if you were about to make that yourself at home. It should kind of be the same ingredient list. Now, I know we aren't out here making an ingredient list for our homemade recipes, but if you were, think about it like that. Now, just to further drive this idea home, I want to quick talk about a whole versus processed ingredients example. You have to consider the ingredients and the food as a whole because there is absolutely a difference. If you really want to know what something is, do not forget to check those nutrition labels. So I'm going to quick go through a side-by-side -side comparison of the ingredients found in a store-bought salad dressing versus a whole food salad dressing. The difference is pretty clear, but feel free to think about it for yourself and see where you land with it. Okay, so we have store-bought Caesar dressing here, and I'm just going to read straight from the ingredient list. Soybean oil, water, vinegar, Parmesan cheese, sugar, egg yolks, salt, dried garlic, lemon juice concentrate, spice, anchovies, corn syrup, xanthan gum, dried onions, whey, cream, modified food starch, autolyzed yeast extract, buttermilk, disodium phosphate, disodium guanulate, disodium inosinate, natural flavor, tamarind, enzymes, sorbic acid, and calcium disodium, EDTA. Woo! <laughs> Bit of a mouthful, and I'm not trying to be dramatic here, but okay, so that's the complete ingredient list, not even looking at the nutrition facts panel up above. Now let's go to a whole food Caesar dressing. So this recipe has raw cashews, water, tahini, lemon juice, Dijon mustard, garlic clove, nutritional yeast, capers, salt, ground black pepper. That's it. This is the whole versus processed ingredients difference. You can achieve that same great taste with less processed ingredients and more nutritional benefits. And like I was saying a minute ago, that second recipe, the whole food Caesar dressing, I mean, reading that, it's like, okay, I could probably figure out some way to make that myself. When you look at the other ingredient list, I don't know, maybe it's just me. It just feels a little bit more intimidating. And if I were to replicate it, it the ingredient list would look nothing like that. Not just because I'm plant-based. <laughs> so just something to think about. And also, please remember that fear will do more harm than good not just in life in general, but especially when it comes to our food choices. So choose what's best and what's most important to you to work on and simply start there. I know sometimes people don't want to be seen starting at the bottom and they try to jump all in, but there's no rush. I mean, truly, taking the time to experiment and figure these things out for yourself has a much more lasting impact and you're more likely to stick with these things because you went through this process. 
So take the time to refresh, organize, and stock your kitchen so that delicious and wholesome plant-based meal creation can actually be a breeze. Okay, so we talked about the what on stocking a plant-powered pantry, but now let's get into the how. All the healthy staples recommended to keep on hand, plus how to organize them. Now, of course, there's no visual to this per se, but if that's something that you guys would love to see, I can absolutely create a plant-based kitchen tour, and I can give that out as another free um, little resource to go along with this. So if that's something you're interested in, let me know. I can definitely create that for you. Let's start with whole grains. Whole grains are packed with nutrition, including healthy carbohydrates, tons of fiber, B vitamins, and plant-based protein. So I recommend try to keep two to three whole grains on hand as a good option so you can throw together a healthy base to any recipe throughout the week. Now, if you're new to whole grains, feel free to start with one or two and work your way up as you find ones that you enjoy. I know, again, in the beginning, it can seem kind of daunting, like, oh my gosh, how am I going <laughs> to have three on hand if I don't even know if I like them? So again, if you're new to this, work your way up to it. Try maybe one new whole grain with an accompanying recipe per week, every two weeks, whatever you want to do, but just break it down in steps that work for you. So examples of whole grains that you can consider, pasta, so whole grain pasta or legume pasta, rice, things like wild rice, black rice, or maybe brown rice, quinoa, oats. So as you get more comfortable, be sure to experiment and add new ones to your rotation. So maybe you start trying things like millet, teff, or buckwheat. Maybe you start there. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever you feel called to start with, I would start there. Maybe it could also be you're already eating whole grains, but maybe not often. So you might have them stocked in your pantry. Check. You can move on from that side of it. But maybe the part that you do need to work on is how can you throw it in your meal rotation more often throughout the week? Research shows the more variety of whole grains you eat, the more you're gonna foster a healthy gut and overall health. So I promise you there's health benefits and you'll start to feel a difference the more you include these whole foods into your regular meals. Okay, so next up, I wanna talk about lentils, beans, and peas, which we all consider the legume family. Now, legumes are a staple in the plant-based world and not just newly, but these go back in time, okay? History has been a legume lover. <laughs> um, and it's really because they're packed with fiber and protein. And again, it's something you can keep on hand in your pantry. And it lasts for a really long time. So I recommend keeping both the canned and dried variety on hand. So with canned, same thing. Keep two to three cans on hand. So you can prepare recipes quickly throughout the week and maybe spend that extra time resting or whatever your heart desires, really. So these are things like garbanzo beans, also known as chickpeas, black beans, black-eyed peas. Now with dried legumes, I also recommend you keep two to three varieties on hand. So these could be things like lentils, split peas, chickpeas, 
themes. Again, depending on where you're shopping, certain things might be available canned and some might be available dried and vice versa. They may not be available canned, but it may be available dried. So whatever works for you is okay. And just a little pro tip that might help you consume more if you already have them in your pantry, but maybe you're not using them, feel free to, you know, display them on your counter in clear mason jars. Seeing colors of your food is just, I don't know, it does something different. It's, you can only keep them on the counter, though, if you're going to use them within six months. They usually have a shelf life of one year when they're stored in a cool, dark place like your pantry, but only six months if you leave them on your counter. So if you want to use them longer than that, I recommend storing them in the freezer until you're ready to bring them to room temperature and cook them. So keeping two to three varieties of canned and dried legumes will help you keep your plant-based pantry packed with nutritious staples. Okay, now let's get into nuts and seeds. So again, my general recommendation is to keep two to three nuts and two to three seed varieties on hand as a great idea for how to keep your pantry well stocked. So these could be sunflower seeds, pumpkin seeds, hemp seeds, chia seeds, flax seeds. They're all good for you no matter which ones you choose, and they're all widely used in plant-based recipes, which you may have seen already. Nuts, Anything is a go, from walnuts to pecans, almonds, cashews, Brazil nuts. Again, they're all so good for you. Feel free to choose whatever you like, because <laughs> that's what you'll eat the most of. <laughs> so both nuts and seeds are packed with plant-based protein, fiber, phytonutrients, and also a great source of healthy fats. They're great to store in mason jars for keeping on hand what you'll use in the next three months. Now, if you have any backstock, I recommend storing that in the freezer. So if you happen to have a large amount of nuts that you know you're not going to use within three months, you can keep them in the refrigerator for up to six months or in the freezer for up to one year. You can also make your own nut and seed butter if you have a lot of extra nuts and seeds and you don't know what to do with. You can experiment with, you know, maybe a pecan walnut butter or anything of that nature, give it a try. So I want to pause for a moment and tell you about Misfits Market. Misfits Market is dedicated to making affordable, high-quality food more accessible while helping break the cycle of food waste. They work directly with farmers and makers to rescue organic produce and other grocery items that might otherwise go to waste and then deliver those products to your door all while passing the savings on to you. So basically, you can get high quality groceries delivered for less, and it ultimately makes grocery shopping easier and more affordable. It's free to join, and you can shop and customize your weekly order from over 500 different grocery items, or they can also do the work for you. So if you'd like to sign up and earn $20 towards your first order, you can use my code and I will have the link in the show notes episode for you. I just want to mention that that is my affiliate link. So I do earn a small commission when someone makes a purchase through my link. And it's a great way to support my podcast for no additional cost. 
Next up, let's talk about dried fruits, which honestly go perfectly with nuts and seeds because you can easily put together a homemade trail mix or maybe a muesli with the addition of nuts, seeds, and dried fruit. So try to keep on hand things like dried cranberries that are naturally sweetened, dried apricots, or dates. If you know me, I always have dates on hand because they can serve multiple functions. You can chop them up and add them to oatmeal or add them to that trail mix we just mentioned. You can also soak dates in water and then blend them and it makes a date paste, which a lot of people say tastes like caramel or caramel. I know everybody says that differently. <laughs> but this date paste can be used as a fruit dipping sauce or as a natural whole food sweetener in place of other sweeteners that are used in recipes. So again, maybe you don't have the sweetener that's in the recipe that you're trying, but you have dates on hand. You can make it into a date paste and use it as a replacement. Again, I recommend keeping two to three varieties on hand as a great place to start. And then if you want any additional sweeteners, you can opt for maple syrup or coconut sugar. Those two have a long shelf life and can be a part of a plant-based pantry. Okay, lastly, we have our spices and flavorings, which are absolutely essential in many plant-based recipes. They add so much flavor to meals. It truly will change your taste buds. So starting with liquid options, main two that people focus on are tamari and coconut aminos. And those are also some of my personal go-tos. They're both very similar to soy sauce, except they're a little bit less processed. I have to acknowledge, tamari is a little bit higher in sodium, but I promise you that a little bit goes a long way. And they do have reduced sodium options of tamari, so feel free to choose that, or choose coconut aminos, which is already less sodium, with a similar flavor profile. Now, I can't forget vinegars, so everybody loves the staple apple cider vinegar, but you can also check out red wine vinegar and rice vinegar. Again, if you're looking at recipes, they will call for these things sometimes as well. Okay, let's talk about nutritional yeast, also known as Nooch. <laughs> I don't know who came up with it, but it's a cute little nickname for nutritional yeast, and I've always used it because it's a lot shorter. <laughs> So nutritional yeast is just a plant-based product that gives a cheesy flavor to meals. And it's definitely a key ingredient in a lot of recipes that you'll find online, but it's also because it's delicious on grain bowls, stir fries, salad, steamed veggies. I mean, truly just about anything you can think of. Popcorn. The list goes on and on. When it comes to spices, it's best to keep on hand a variety of spices that go beyond your staples like garlic and onion powder. This may take time to build up to. Do not feel pressured to go and buy a bunch of spices you don't know you like or whatever, <laughs> or don't have a recipe for because then you'll never end up using it. But this might also depend on the type of cuisines that you really love. So make sure to think about the spices that make up the flavor in those types of dishes and keep those specific spices on hand and that will set you up for success. Now I have to mention, because a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people leave their pantry untouched for a long amount of time, but especially the spice side. And if you don't know, they usually expire after a year. So if you have ones that have been in your pantry longer than that, 
compost them and purchase some new ones because that way you'll maximize the flavor and the nutrition. Because yes, spices do have nutritional benefits in addition to their flavor benefits. So as you can see, adding all of these different items and categories in your pantry, keeping them stocked, that will be essential to creating plant-based meals in your kitchen. Because there's nothing worse than when you come home from work or after being out all day and you're so hungry, but then you look in your fridge, your pantry, whatever it is, and you don't see anything. It doesn't inspire you to do anything. Everything looks like it's going to take too long. It's just not the move. By having all of these essentials in stock, you're that much more likely to utilize them in the way you intended to. You'll also find you might start to experiment with these things in different ways. Again, when I have things that I'm out of stock of and I'm trying to create something specific, I will make a swap right then and there. And oftentimes I like it better. Oftentimes I like it the same. Or I just start to get more creative with that one spice that I normally only use in a specific recipe. So I know I'm stuck on spices right now, but this applies to anything. <laughs> you just start to get more creative and utilizing everything that you have instead of eating out or letting things go letting things go to waste. So I just want to touch on a few basic principles that can help overall guide your food choices. We talked a little bit more about this in the first episode of this mini series, but I want to compile this little basic list as a reminder. And I hope that you use it as you need to. You know, if you're ever feeling unsure, come back to this episode and or print this as a reminder sheet because you've got this, okay? And as always, take what applies to you and leave the rest, okay? Don't stress about if you're not doing everything on this list. These are just general little reminders. You might not be at that step. You might have been past that step, whatever it is. That's okay. Just putting this out there. So if your goal is to eat more plant-based, this basic principles list is for you. One, overall remember the goal is to increase your daily intake of vegetables, leafy greens, fruit, whole grains, legumes, nuts, seeds, herbs, and spices, while at the same time decreasing your daily intake of meat, dairy, eggs, and ultra-processed food. Two, snack on foods like nuts, fruit, and cut up veggies. I know a lot of times this transition can also mean breaking food rules on what you think of breakfast as, what you think dinner is, what you think snacks are. And I just want you to know, start to open your mind on snack foods like nuts, fruit, and cut up veggies. Regular foods that you eat can absolutely be snack foods. It doesn't have to be something in a package all ready to go for you. Three, the more color and plant variety on your plate, the better. So I briefly touched on color when I talked about lentils and how displaying them beautifully and seeing the things that you like to eat helps you eat more of those things. But it also ties to the nutritional benefits of eating the rainbow and all the different colors, aka antioxidants, that nature provides. Four, fill at least half of your plate with vegetables and or fruit. It can be helpful to fill your plate with fruits or vegetables first, so that it only leaves a certain amount of room for the other food categories. 
five, make at least half of the grains you eat throughout the day 100% whole grains. So again, I talked about, you know, stocking your pantry with whole grains, but as you're a beginner, and maybe this is just your general philosophy, which is totally fine, but just try to aim for that half of your grains in a day being whole grains versus refined grains. Six, be mindful of vegan junk food. Just because it says, quote unquote, vegan or plant-based on the label does not mean it always has positive nutritional value. So if you don't already know, they have maximized on all things packaged junk food because they've seen more and more people becoming vegan and plant-based. So you just have to keep in mind that not everything that is vegan or plant-based equals healthy. And again, healthy is defined by you, not by me, not by them. But again, just little reminders to keep in mind. Seven, avoid stressing over counting calories. Instead, start to trust your body's internal cues for hunger, fullness, and satisfaction. So I want you to practice eating until you're fully satisfied, rather than until you feel nauseous, overly stuffed, and or still hungry. There's something to be said about tuning into what your body is telling you and actually listening to it. Honestly, it's life-changing. <laughs> Eight, eat what you like. No fruit or vegetable is off limits here. Start with what you know you like and slowly step out of your comfort zone from there. I promise you, if you're trying to force yourself to eat things that you don't think taste good or don't sit well with your body, you're not going to enjoy this process and that's not what I want for you. So please remember, eat what you like. Nothing is off limits. Lastly, nine, don't be afraid to make mistakes. Remember, no one is perfect. And this is all just practice. Don't shy away from experimenting with different herbs and spices and new vegetables, etc. In time, you will become more confident cooking plant-based meals and keeping a well-stocked pantry. The more you do it, the better it gets, the easier it gets, the less thought you have to put into it. It all comes together in such a beautiful way. And just as a last disclaimer for all these basic principles I just mentioned, all of these can be tweaked by you to cater to you at your own pace. So like I said, if it doesn't apply to you, then leave it where it's at. <laughs> You'll have a much bigger impact on starting with where you want to and what works for you at this place you're in in life. Let's talk kitchen skills real quick, because I know somebody listening is probably thinking about this too. And I want to preface this little last bit with a quote by Arthur Ashe. He says, start where you are, use what you have, do what you can. Whether you've been cooking for years or maybe you've barely stepped foot in a kitchen to cook at all, plant-based cooking can seem a little intimidating. But the good news is it's hard to quote unquote mess up. And I'm going to continue to remind you of that. So I'm going to leave you with a few things to keep in mind before heading to the grocery store or to the kitchen. Think of recipes as inspirational guides versus strict instructions. 
Oftentimes, if you don't have everything the recipe calls for, you can easily swap it out for something similar. And I promise you'll get more confident with this the more experienced you become. Creating whole food plant-based recipes helps you experience a wider variety of food and flavors. You learn the true tastes of many foods and spices by simplifying what's on your plate. When this happens, our bodies have a way of refreshing our taste buds, which also refreshes our willingness to try new things. A lot of times if you're coming from eating mostly processed foods, they are amped up with all different kinds of preservatives and salt. And, you know, maybe it's just me, but I tried something like, I don't know, it was something like a, a cracker and it was a cracker I've had before going plant-based and I was like, oh my goodness, it was so salty compared to how I used to feel about it. Things like that. Also, the more you let go of strict rules about what to combine, the faster you'll see the endless combinations of what you can come up with. Thousands of combinations of veggies, fruits, grains, beans, herbs, and spices are truly delicious and satisfying. So that goes back to not eating things you don't even like. <laughs> and lastly, I just want to say, don't worry if you don't like to cook. Don't worry if your kitchen isn't filled with expensive appliances and special ingredients. Plant-based meals do not have to be fancy. I mean, I started my journey in college when I had a microwave and a mini fridge. <laughs> and I made it work. But just also know if fancy is what you want, fancy is definitely what you can get. And while you might not want to get to that point in the kitchen, dining out at fine dining restaurants, they can hook you up. <laughs> and also, especially, obviously, vegan ones. Those ones are the best. Okay, so because we talked so much about the pantry and getting started in that way, I want to leave you with a recipe suggestion here. And it's a chickpea quinoa salad. So all of these... Not all. Most of these ingredients are things that I am encouraging you to build up in your plant-based pantry. So that's what kind of recipe this is. This quick and tasty salad can be a staple for anyone, whether you're just exploring the plant-based world or you're a long-time plant-based eater. So it has chickpeas, quinoa, crunchy veggies, and a few herbs and spices. And guess what? That's all you need to create a light, nourishing, and flavorful meal that comes together in minutes. 15 minutes to be exact. <laughs> um, so this recipe has simple ingredients that, again, you can keep stocked in your pantry. And it's also packed with hormone-supporting nutrients like fiber, omega-3 fatty acids, protein, B vitamins, iron, zinc, and magnesium, just to name a few. So you can find this recipe in the show notes of this episode. And I also started something new. I'll be showing a cooking demo with this recipe on July 14th on my Facebook page. So feel free to tune in and check that out. I hope to see you there. All right, so that wraps up today's episode. The second part in a mini series called Plant Powered Living, specifically for beginners wanting to go plant-based. I hope this was helpful for you and you learned something new. If you're looking to take the next step in your journey and want some support and accountability from someone who's been where you are, then feel free to fill out my one-to-one -one nutrition and health coaching application. I would love to be that person for you. 
The link to the application is in the show notes of this episode. I promise it's super short and simple. As always, thank you so much for listening and joining me on another episode of Holistic by Nature. If you enjoyed this topic, be sure to not only subscribe to the podcast to get notified about new episodes, but also leave a review. I am constantly improving my process and the flow of this podcast, so I have a big ask for you. I would love it if you could please give me a five-star rating. And if you're feeling like four or below, I welcome your suggestions so I can implement them and make this a better resource for you. Seriously, if you have any suggestions at all, message me on Instagram at Holistic by Nature Podcast or email them to me directly at hello at holisticbynature.co. And of course, that information will be in the show notes of this episode. Wishing you nothing but peace, love, and blessings this week. You're listening to Holistic by Nature.